listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Welcome back to Faith Stories. I'm glad you're joining us this week. My name is Anne-Marie Shambaugh, and today I am joined by Amy Boyle. She is a recently graduated senior from Pike High School, and I am very excited for her to share her story today. I think you're going to love it. So welcome, Amy. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So I've gotten to know Amy a little bit through the high school ministry, and um, she is just an amazing person. So. Um, and now, not everybody knows you as well as I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years. Um, so could you just start off by telling us a little bit just about yourself, uh, your, your younger years? Right, yeah. So I was born in China. It's kind of an unorthodox start to my story. Um, I, was, I was raised in an orphanage for the first 10 months of my life. My parents started the paperwork for adoption about a year before I was born, after they had my older brother Jackson. Um, and so the photo that you see on the left, I think, is the first photo that they got of me in the, after they had been like a year and a half into the paperwork and everything. So I was adopted at 10 months. They came and got me and brought me back to the States. Um, and so my upbringing from there is pretty typical American. Like, I was raised in a Christian home. I have three brothers, two older ones. William's my oldest brother, and then Jackson. And then my youngest brother, Elijah, who's three years younger than me. Um, and I've just been Indianapolis hometown, grown up, uh, stayed here all my life. I've been at Faith for like 17 years, I guess now, because I'm 18. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely been an interesting childhood for me, growing up with the whole different dynamics of being adopted and everything and having a family that's super introverted with me being like more on the outgoing extroverted side. So yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. So you've, you know, even within your family, you've, you've felt a little out of place. Um, I know you've um, kind of had that as, as a theme at certain times in your life. Can you just talk a, a little bit about that and, and what you went through? Right, so being adopted, and this is something I've gone over with my parents so many times recently and over the course of my life, has been, has been a bit of a struggle for me growing up and more often than not it would go unsaid because I didn't feel like I wanted to make my family like uncomfortable or something talking about it. But I've realized in recent years that it's good to have hard conversations like that. Um, so I struggled to really find where I belonged and this is a pretty universal problem, uh, but I feel like I felt it more so than most being adopted, especially like, especially at home in my home life. Um, but yeah, this displacement or feeling like I couldn't fit in was something that was prominent in school and my community, at church here, um, and then in my home life. Uh, just feeling sort of alienated or feeling like part of me was different, part of me Part of me never fit in as much as I tried to. And there was one distinct moment that I can recall of like, I covered this with my mom and it was really emotional. And I told you, <laughs> but um, uh, I was swimming in like one of our friend's neighborhood pools and I was like in the shallow end and I don't know, my dumb self was trying to swim in two feet deep of water at five years old. Um, and like the upper, my upper lip skimmed the bottom and I started bleeding and I started crying. And my mom came over and put a Band-Aid on 
my upper lip and then I remember the sensations, not necessarily the details so much, but the sensation of how I felt in that moment and feeling like, wow, I feel so loved in this moment, but at the same time on that car ride home, it was just looking around and seeing my brothers in the car and feeling like, do I really belong here? Like how different would my life be had these two individuals not made the decision to adopt from China? so like four years ago at that point. Um, and that was that along with a few other moments that I've had throughout my life have been things that have just stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was really kind of the first time that it, that it hit you at such a young age, wow. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, kind of just going through middle school and high school? You know, that's a time where I think everybody struggles to some extent with feeling out of place or feeling like they don't belong. But um, what were some points or moments that stood out for you in this journey? Right. Um, so pre-middle school was probably something that a lot of people growing up in the church can relate to. For me, like I feel like I knew all the right words to say. I knew how to make it look like I was a Christian, even though I didn't really feel like it was my identity at heart. Um, I, didn't I knew the right things to say, I didn't know the right way to live. And maybe I did know the right way to live, but it wasn't really like sinking in and it didn't feel like my own. So you had the head knowledge, but maybe yeah. not so much the heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like my head was there, like I cognitively understood what I was supposed to believe, um, how I was supposed to act, the things that we were supposed to do as Christians, you know, praying, reading, reading scripture, um, going to church regularly, all those things. I had that under the belt, so I just had that assumption that um, this is Christianity, I'm a Christian, this is my faith. And then entering into middle school was this whole season of like, you know, like most people can feel the isolation and struggling to fit in again with that whole line of thinking. and. I struggled so much that my mom actually made the decision to homeschool me in eighth grade year. And that was a big transition because I'd been raised in the public school my whole entire life. So that year, I actually joined a co-op being homeschooled, which if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like uh, a bunch of homeschooled families get together and then moms like take turns leading each individual course. And I took a world views class that year, my eighth grade year. Um, and that was like a really transformative time for me where I really got to like get into the vein of these questions that I had been avoiding my whole life of like, you know, do I genuinely believe what I've been, what I've been raised hearing my whole life? Um, so I had a lot of questions. I read a lot of different books. I learned a lot about Buddhism and Hinduism and a bunch of different other world religions and read books like Frankenstein where I got to learn more about like human nature at its core and everything. Um, and so, yeah, that was one point in my life where I really put me on like a trajectory towards discovering more where I am now and where my faith is at now. Then high school, uh, I've always been pretty involved in the youth ministry here in the youth group. I was, I've been in the youth group since day one, sixth grade, um, for better or for worse. I didn't have the best experiences in middle school, but it's improved over the years and I'm so grateful for that because I've had amazing small group leaders that have spoken so much truth into my life. Um, and entering into the summer between my sophomore and junior year, I went to a theological camp um, called Lux where I learned a lot of different theology that I was not aware of. And it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily what faith would call biblical truth theology. It was more along the lines of like, 
figuring in how scripture fits to our social agenda or figuring in how we can make Christianity meet our demands rather than figuring out um, the sacrifice and the commitment that it takes to truly be a disciple and follower of Christ. Um, so I loved that to some extent. I loved the community, getting to, getting to finally feel like to some extent I was surrounded by people who, who were interested in the same things as me, having those deep conversations, asking those questions. Um, that was amazing. And then I entered into junior year uh, and that was, that was a better year because in years past I had struggled definitely for sure with academics and um, overvaluing it and working way too hard, had this perfectionist complex. Um, and I had a lot of anxiety that was tethered into that. And so junior year was kind of a step back with that summer to decompress and realize that I don't have to be perfect. You know, I'm not gonna be perfect. I can't be perfect. Uh, then the summer between my junior and senior year, I actually went to Spain, my first mission trip, which was funny because it was an international mission trip. Most people don't get to go on those, their first mission trip. And that was a really amazing time to just, you know, really be pushed out of my comfort zone and be surrounded by people who lived in a completely different lens than I had been familiar with. And it forced me to trust God in a lot of situations where I was completely confused by what was going on around me. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a lot of really cool experiences along the way, you know, from that year of homeschooling to the theological camp, um, which I think sounds fascinating, by the way. <laughs> Maybe not everyone would think so, but I think it sounds really, really fun um, to Spain. So it's, it's cool to see how God has used that. Um, now, throughout these times, um, you know, how did um, knowing your own backstory, you know, of how you were adopted, how did that play into this, if at all? And like, how did that affect your faith? I have to say the first few years of my life, I was kind of deaf to this. It kind of fell on deaf ears. Like, I, n I never questioned whether I was adopted or not because it was always pretty apparent. Like, I mean, I don't look anything like my family. So that was never a question. Yeah. Um, and it was more something that we all just kind of like accepted and moved on with. And so I never really, and until recent, recent months and this past year, I haven't really like actually sat down and been intentional about thinking about like what that's, meant for me, but I've realized more in these past years how it informs my faith. And, um, and I talked briefly about that at my testimony when I got baptized back in March. Just realizing how um, being adopted has given me a sense of identity. It's allowed me to better understand what it means to be a Christian in some senses because I've been able to read scripture and understand what Paul's words mean when he's talking about how you know, we've been adopted into the kingdom and it's through God's will that we're made children through Christ. Um, so understanding more, like, more what that means and being able to really find a meaning and find worth and find a tethering in my identity as, as a child of God, as a daughter of God, rather than, um, rather than this child who was left behind at some random public station in China and to some extent some people would say you know felt abandoned felt left behind felt unwanted but that instead rather than that I can carry a greater story of you know I'm someone's intentional choice I'm here for a purposeful reason and and nothing that's happened to me is for loss or happened haphazardly um, so yeah that's that's been an amazing thing to have 
um, as a part of my faith. Like it's definitely been, it's definitely been a struggle. It's definitely been something that's brought suffering to me because, uh, because of how I felt I've needed to earn the love or, or make myself worthy or deserving of, of the gifts and the blessings and the opportunities that I've been given as, as an American, obviously. Um, it's, it's kind of like survivor's guilt, I think, where we kind of imagine how, how, like, how differently it could have gone if it was someone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, deserving, I'm not deserving of having the educational opportunities, of, of having the family that I've had, of having like, the stability and the love and the support and um, the exposure to the gospel, honestly. And feeling like, and this kind of ties into like high school where I felt like I've need to, needed to earn um, needed to earn my parents' love or needed to earn the respect or the worthiness from other people as though they could validate that when the only person who really can is God. Um, so yeah, that's, it's been a big, a major part of my faith story. Yeah, and you wanted to call your faith story not who I am, but whose I am. Could you just talk a little bit about why you chose that title and what that means to you? Right, so I recently read a book, or I'm in the process of reading a book, for those of you who know me, I don't actually usually finish books. <laughs> I'm like well over the like point where I usually stop reading, so I'm proud of myself in that. Good, yeah. Um, it's called Let Me Be a Woman by Elizabeth Elliot. Um, if any of you have heard of her, she's from, she graduated from Wheaton, and she's a big part of like another amazing faith story that you guys should listen to. Yeah, she's um, a pretty big deal. She is, yeah. <laughs> At least in the Christian community yeah. and everything. Um, and so one of, one of the subtitles or chapters in her book was not who I am, but whose I am. And just talking about identity and womanhood and who we are as individuals, but that um, me realizing in this whole process of trying to figure out who I am and where I belong, it's not about me. It's about something much greater than me. It's about, it's about the God who created me and it's about the image that I bear rather than who I am. Like, I don't know, it's, it's, I definitely don't realize that as much as I should and I don't live that as perfectly as I want to. But this whole process of, you know, trying to intentionally live in, um, into the identity that I know I have. So, yeah. 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 Now, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, growing up at the church and then, you know, middle school being a tough time, like I think it is for a lot of us, and then through high school, and you've just graduated from Pike, um, but this was certainly not the senior year you were expecting, yeah, no, no, no. I'm sure. Can you just talk a little bit about what it's been like to be a senior in the class of 2020? Yeah, so, I mean, I keep getting that question, like, by so many people. I'm sorry, I, I'm asking no, again. <laughs> I get that question by students who are my age, too, you know, what's your experience been like, just so we can, like, navigate this together and know that we're not alone in this. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been surreal, like it has been for most people, just kind of having this, this entire routine and schedule and, like, life that you've normally lived upended, thrown up into the air, like, what am I going to do now? So at first I didn't take it seriously, you know, like March, March 17th was my last day of school and I was just kind of like, you know, I got this email later in school and it said, hey, we're not coming until like April, well, whatever. It was like later in April. Like a month later. Yeah. Right. And I was like, 
whoa, this is crazy. Like, this is a joke, right? Um, and then as, I, as, as time progressed, it just started to prove to be like a serious issue that, that you can't ignore, that you can't just shove under the rug. Um, and so that, was, that just brought on a lot, of, a lot of grief, I guess, because I missed these Hallmark High School experiences with prom, commencement, um, having senior week at my school, the camaraderie of, you know, actually spending time with your friends face to face, not having these Zoom calls that I was never a real big fan of. Um, <laughs> I don't doing, think many of us are. <laughs> yeah, no. um, doing all these, doing all this like work online, that wasn't too much of a transition because I was homeschooled eighth grade year, so I understood how to like, how to work at my own pace, how to stay motivated in that sense. Um, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't get to have closure. I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to do, my high school experience definitely hasn't been what it's been for, for everybody who's come before me. Um, and so, but on the flip side, there are some positive things to find in this situation. Like it's given me a lot of room for growth, a lot of opportunities to really like rest, relearn, relearn like Sabbath and relearn what it means to like take time for the things that truly matter in your life rather than just building your life around this schedule of like waking up, showering, doing this, work, school, all these other things that I kind of just got lost in. And I didn't, I didn't have time to breathe. I didn't have time to just sit there and like meditate and, and um, meditate in God's presence in my life and meditate in how good he's been to me and how present he's been throughout my life. So that and just my passion for reading and writing has been like reversionized, I guess. Is you have time now. <laughs> yeah, I have time now to like actually read books like by Elizabeth Elliot and uh -huh. um, read books on a lot of a lot of just different books on how to improve myself and how to how to live life with more intentionality and how to enjoy things. Because what I hadn't realized is, you know, March 17th was that last day of school. Had we known that, there would have been so many more hugs, so many more tears, so many more laughs shared, so many more goodbyes that we never really got to experience together. Now the hugs thing, I guess, you know, with Corona and everything. Maybe it's good those didn't happen. Maybe, but maybe I, it's I, good. I hear what you're saying. I mean, you had no idea this was gonna be your last day for so many things, you know, that, that you had done that were just normal life, right? And. Um, yeah, I just, I really feel for the class of 2020 because graduation is, you know, such a fun time and to not have that experience, it just doesn't feel fair. Yeah. But, but I mean, at the same, like I don't, I'm trying not, I'm trying to learn how to not be bitter about these things because my life has been a series of, I guess that's not fair. Like, <laughs> so I just need to learn how, you know, relearning that it's not about me. It's. I mean, this, this virus is something that's happening to everyone. It's a global, it's been a global crisis, a global pandemic. It's not something that, that is just happening to me. And that's not to say that I'm trying to diminish or discredit like the losses that I felt, but it's also good not, not to bask in it or wallow in it, but to realize that, you know, maybe there, there have been some good things about this. It's made me realize how much I love my family how much I love spending time with them, even though they get on my nerves sometimes, <laughs> as I'm sure I do for them as well. Because I'm pretty sure my parents are annoyed by how many, conversation, how many conversations I've tried to have with them lately. Um, but it's made, me, it's made me realize how much I love engaging with people in person, face to face, how much I love like going on walks outside and just enjoying the simple things, honestly. 
I love that. I love how you've seen the opportunity in this. I think you've handled it way better than I have. <laughs> I'm just, I'm inspired by you. Thank so you. thanks, thanks for sharing that. Uh, and that kind of leads on to my next question then. Um, what's next for you? You know, you're, you're graduated now, yeah. not quite how you thought it would be, but um, I know you have plans moving forward. So what's next and how can we pray for you? Right, um, so what's next for me is college, obviously. You know, if all goes according to plan, which let's hope it does. Yes. Um, I'm gonna be studying community development and Christian ministries at Indiana Wesleyan up in Marion, Indiana. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be, that's gonna be, a, that's definitely gonna be a transition. I'm double majoring. <laughs> um, Ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, just like, uh, I guess the way you can be praying for me through that is just that it's gonna be a smooth transition. Um, that, that I'm gonna love my roommate, that it's gonna be all good and chill and... Um, do you know your roommate? I do know my roommate. Okay. I just found out, like last week, uh, I kinda did the luck of the draw thing because uh -huh. I didn't really know, I didn't really know all too many people who are gonna be incoming freshmen, so I just decided, you know, why not sure. go with a complete stranger? And so <laughs> she like reached out to me like a week ago and texted me out of the blue and was like, hey, I got this email saying that you're my roommate. I was like, whoa, really? How'd you get my phone number? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I've gotten to know her over this past week and it's been amazing to see, you know, how things have worked together because we have so many similarities in the things that we're passionate about, the music that we listen to, um, liking long conversations, because you gotta like that if you're living with me, because if not, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sounds like it's a good fit though. Yeah, That's I'm awesome. looking forward to it. I'm super yeah. excited. I'm planning on meeting her at the tail end of this month because my family's going up north, whereas, whereas like it's near where she lives. We're going up to the Indiana Dunes to vacation for a little while. So yeah, just I guess be praying for like this continued refining of my faith because you know my story is pretty much a footnote and what a lot of other people's stories is you know these these childhood years these this time of like youthfulness I still have so much growing to do and so just that I would continue to be motivated and deepening my relationship with God personally and pursuing that and um, obviously that God would continue to pursue me because I don't question that he'll do that but um yeah, just the transitions, finding a community there at college, finding a church community, um, and really just retaining all of these lessons that God's shown me and revealed to me over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now that you're officially a graduate, and congratulations. Thank you. Um, what advice do you have for mm. the uh, students who are younger than you that are still going through the process? Yeah. Um, what words of wisdom can you share? I'll be honest, if, if I was, someone who's younger than myself now watching this or listening to this and I wanted some advice, um, I guess it would mostly be, um, be bold. You know, like don't be afraid, don't allow your fears or your insecurities about doing something, about reaching out to someone, about sitting next to a stranger at lunch and getting to know them, about um, pursuing big ideas and uh, really getting involved in things that scare you. It's, it's been those experiences that make me uncomfortable, that draw me out of my comfort zone, that, really, that have really taught me, you know, what it means to enjoy life and what it feels to be fulfilled because um, it's moments like 
upending my life and spending two weeks with complete strangers out in nowhere Illinois at a theological camp that has really taught me um, how much goodness God has and how much how much of a responsibility we have to share that with other people. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice, I guess. I love it. I think that's wonderful. And I think that's the perfect segue. Um, for next week, um, we'll be joined by Jolie Pinkston, and she's gonna be speaking on comfort is the thief of growth, which is a lot of the advice you just gave, I think. Oh, wow, so <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yes, you're totally on point, so thank you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> yes, um, thanks again for sharing your time today. And I will hope that you will join us next week for another edition of Faith Stories.